Hey you guys, what is up? Welcome back to the Kill Culture Podcast. This is season one, episode seven. We are on seven. Like what? That is so exciting. Welcome back to the podcast. Hey you guys, what's up? It's your girl Shuler Elliott and this is the Kill Culture Podcast. This is the place to be. We, we just hang, we chill, we roll and we get real. That's just, that's what we do. That is not our slogan, but I just feel like that kind of started to sound like our slogan. So that'll be our slogan for the day. So welcome back. I am so excited to have you guys here, have you guys in the house. You guys, we've been kind of rolling with the the interesting topics if you will um a lot of you guys really liked those how-to videos that i've done before how to defeat comparison how to i don't even know i, I did a few other how-to ones you guys ate those up you guys liked it. you guys also love the killing the culture of the 21st birthday if you guys have not checked that out go listen tap in check in and let's lock in with each other so that was a very great time too i got a lot of great messages from you guys saying you love the episode and you love the theme of killing the culture and i'm so happy that you guys love that because I love it too, because I just feel like God is saying it, Christians, people, whatever, let's not even put a category on it, people, come to me, let's kill this culture, let's end this, I don't even know what's going on in society, but let's end this culture that is saying you should do this, you should do that, you should do this to live a happy life, and no one's happy. The reason you aren't happy is because these cultures have not been killed. The cultures have not been killed in your life, the cultures have not been killed in society, but we're doing that together, one day, one episode at a time, so welcome back to the Kill Culture Podcast. So today, I always say I'm very excited and I am very excited about it. Don't want to say that today because I want to switch it up. I am elated to announce that we are going to be talking about standards. Ooh-wee. Okay, this is going to be an interesting one because a lot of people want to point the finger with standards. Okay, and usually I talk a little bit and just chit chat for a little bit before I get started. I hope you guys are good with me jumping right in because we got a lot of stuff to cover today, baby. But we're going to get it and we're going to get into it. So, um, yeah, you guys, we're talking about standards. Uh, standards are so important today because I don't know. I just feel like. I don't know, I just truly feel like a lot of us don't have standards. And I feel like when I say standards, everyone immediately thinks of standards you have in dating and relationships for the other person. Like, she's gotta do this, she's gotta be like this, he has to be this way, he has to be this height, he has to be this size, she has to be this size, she has to look like this. I'm not talking about that. I'm all, I, I am talking about standards in terms of other people, but I'm also talking mostly about standards that you have for yourself. Standards that are in place for you. Standards that you hold yourself to because you cannot require certain things from other people but not have any requirements or standards for your own self, for your own life. So that's what we're talking about as well. We're talking about, yes, standards and dating and relationships and, and, and friendships even and people you allow into your life, people you have close relationships with. But we're really hitting on the topic of having standards for yourself, having standards for your own life. Okay, so we're going to jump right in. Again, welcome. I love you all. Make sure you guys check out our social media follow on tiktok instagram we are on a bunch of different streaming platforms for this podcast apple music wait wait no apple podcast there we go spotify uh amazon music google podcast i don't know we're on youtube i i don't even know at this point so 
we're just wherever you want to watch your podcast listen to your podcast whatever we're there so you can find us there but check us out on social media for daily content quotes reels polls questions posts announcements uh reminders things like that go ahead and check it out but we're gonna jump right into this episode which i'm very excited about so here's the thing if you are receiving bad relationships like left and right and you're like what is going on like i am getting bad relationship bad situation bad friendships over and over and over and over and over again and you're in this cycle that's that's okay all you have to do is take some time hit pause on people just in general like you are not supposed to be in a people season then at that moment take a pause and and i don't want to say take a pause and work on you babe but take a pause and focus on you focus on your outlook focus on on your relationship with christ because that will change the way that you see other people that will change your discernment that will heighten your discernment and your discernment is just how you tell what's right you're wrong your your system of alert when you get closer to god and you take that time away with him then that's when you will start to say, hey, I could see things more clearly now. So if you feel like you're caught in a cycle, I'm not putting the blame on you, but I'm putting the blame on you because we are gonna take some responsibility today. The reason why you keep receiving bad relationships and friendships is because you tolerate them. Oh, they've been treating me so bad for such a long time. Like, okay, well, why are you still allowing them to treat you that way? If you feel like that they aren't improving with the way that they act around you or the way that they treat you, why are you jumping at every chance to hang out with them, to spend time with them, to do this, to do that? Like, why are you doing that? So if you're having bad relationships in your life right now, it's because you tolerate them. So everyone has flags. Everyone has red flags um, or as people say, beige flags. Like, I guess that's a new thing or green flags, right? Everyone has flags. So it's up to you to listen to those flags or not or to pay attention to them. And most of the time you do see them. Some people are like, oh, I didn't even know. It's like, no, you had a feeling. You noticed that. You knew that was a little bit off, but you ignored it for the sake of having the person in your life because you want them in your life. Because you want, or maybe it's not even them you specifically want. You just want a person in your life, a friend, a relationship, this, that, all of these different things. The key to having standards is to reject unacceptable behavior immediately. And I'm not saying you cut them off and you never talk to them. Having communication and saying, hey, I don't like the way you said that. Hey, I don't like being treated this way. Hey, I don't think. And for me, I just feel like when someone has multiple red flags, they go into a different category in my brain. It's like, I don't know, green flags, a bunch of green flags where I'm like, I'm watching, I'm observing. I'm like, okay, like this could be a potential lifelong friendship. This could be a relationship. This could be someone I could see myself with. Everyone does have flags and it's just up to you to to listen to them, you know? So reject bad behavior instantly. I don't, I don't want to sound like you're training a dog, but in a way you, you kind of are <laughs> because you're training. It's more so not that you're training the other person is that you're training your mind to not allow certain things to say, hey, these are my standards. This is not what I'm going to accept. This is not acceptable to me to be in my life for someone to be in your life. So really, it's not that you're trying to train the other person is that you're training yourself and training your own mindset to not allow certain things to put up. I hate to use the word boundaries, but to put up boundaries and say, hey, I don't like that. Hey, you're off my list for like <laughs> for a relationship, you know? So yeah, that doesn't mean like cutting people off or ignoring them anymore and stuff like that. But that does mean setting a standard of what you do or don't expect from that relationship specifically. But hold on, I do want to say, and that might mean you're alone for a second. That might mean you're alone for a season and that's 
okay. It's okay to be alone. And it's okay to to have a season where you're alone. I feel like a lot of times in society, we, we really just glorify and romanticize relationships and being in a relationship and having a bunch of this and doing this and going out on dates and traveling and all this stuff. It is okay to have a season where you're alone. It is okay to have a season where you're focused on you and your relationship with God. It's actually really important. That's 100% necessary because if you never have time where you're just alone with God, you will never learn to hear his voice. You will never learn to hear him speak to you. You'll never have a close and intimate relationship with him because you're constantly looking to other people to fill you. You're looking to other people to fill a hole that only God can fill. I just think you have to get to the point where you're okay with being alone. Because if you're too dependent on other people, you're setting yourself up for desperate relationships and desperate companionship, which is not healthy. That's not healthy for you. That's not healthy for anybody because then all of a sudden that's going to end up being a bad relationship too. That's going to end up being a bad situation too. That's going to end up being a bad friendship as well because you saw red flags that you didn't listen to and you accepted them because you were desperate for the companionship. You're desperate for, for the attention, for the company. And being in a place of desperation is not going to be good for you in any way. If you have a problem with being alone and saying no, you will be willing to accept any behavior from anybody. You will accept any behavior and be okay with any behavior that you receive from anybody because you are unwilling and you have the inability to be content with the season of it just being you and God. But you know, honestly, that's all a part of trust. Trusting God is always being available to his leading and his direction, even if it means you have to say no to something or even if it means you have to do something that you don't want to do. That's the whole process of trusting God is saying, you know what, I may want this thing and I may want this. And these may be the desires, but I'm going to give you my desires and trust that that you want what's best for me, too. And I'm going to lean into what you have for me, despite what I'm feeling right now, because ultimately I know that you're going to give me your best and you want the best for me. So it's really just changing your mindset and altering your perspective. And that might mean that might mean saying goodbye to someone or walking away from some things. And if if you're wondering if something is from God, like I've gotten those questions a lot before, like how do I know if this is from God? Like how do I know that God is saying yes? How do I know that God is saying no? One tool and trick that I've learned is if I'm unsure and I've gone through prayer and I and I've spent time with God and stuff like that, I'm like, oh, "Lord, I still I still don't know. One thing I've done is surrender it all back to God. And what that means and what that looks like is saying like, Lord, I surrender this thing to you, meaning I give this thing back. I put my hands up. When you surrender, you're putting your hands up, like hands up. Hey, I'm done. Like, I'm not doing anything. I'm not going to act on this. I'm not going to move on this. I'm not going to do anything. I'm surrendering it and I'm giving it to you fully. I'm taking this thing and I'm giving it back to you. My prayer is, Lord, I surrender this situation to you. I don't know what to do. And I'm giving it to you and I'm not going to act on it. And if you want this person in my life, if you want this, this friendship, if you want this relationship in my life, then it'll be there. Not because of anything I've done, but because you have already predestined before time for this relationship and this friendship to take place. So I can trust that I don't have to do anything. It'll just naturally happen when I give it over to God. If he wants the person in my life, they'll be in my life. If not, then all of a sudden the moment I take my hands off and they go away and they're out of my life, that means they 
were never meant to stay there. When I learned how to do that and when I learned how to surrender everything to God and surrender something specifically to the Lord, it was life changing because all of a sudden now, the moment you start mastering the art of surrenderance and saying, all right, Lord, I'm giving this to you, you could start walking in peace because I know that whatever is for me will find me. I know that whatever God has for me will come to me. I know that I will never lose anything that God has for me. So I can walk in confidence and in peace knowing that, hey, I don't have to strive for anything. I don't have to strive for relationships. I don't have to strive for a relationship specifically or for a friendship because I know that whatever God has for me, it will be there. And sometimes that can get stressful, of course, because that's our flesh. We're human. It's like, well, God, well, I want this thing to work, but I want this. So it's all about dying to your wants and surrendering to what God wants, because ultimately I know his plan is way better than anything I ever could have came up with, anything I could have ever thought. So it's really once you learn to master the art of surrendering, you will have so much peace and you'll actually even have more confidence to say, hey, I'm going to be me in this friendship, in this relationship. I'm going to be myself because at the end of the day, I don't have to try to try to be anybody else. I don't have to try to be this way or try to be that way because God knows me and he's going to bring in the perfect people to love me, to accept me, for me to love them and accept them into my life. And if you're not in my life, that means you were never created to stay there. When the relationship is for you, he will confirm it. But if you never give it over to God, he can't confirm it for you. Like if you're just holding on to it so tight, and I used to be that way. I used to hold on to everything so tight, be like, God, no, 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 don't take this, don't take this, don't take this, don't do this. And I was holding on it so tightly where I was actually hurting myself because I was unwilling to let go. Like I was unwilling to let go and say, God, you do it. God, I give it over to you. God, I surrender it to you. And it was keeping me from actually building a strong relationship with God because he wants to build that trust with you. He's God. He doesn't need to build that trust with you. He really doesn't, but he wants to. He wants to build that relationship and saying, hey, I want you to trust me. Watch what I do with this situation. So every single time you surrender, you give God the opportunity to reveal himself to you. If you're holding on to it and you're scared, that's fear. And fear does not come from God. Fear is not from God. Fear is from the enemy. Fear is confusion. Fear is no peace. Fear is lack of confidence. Fear is fear of the future. But 2 Timothy 1.7 says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind, and a clear mind. That's what that's saying. And that's what we also talked about being sober-minded in our last episode, um, which is kind of touching on that just a little bit. Uh, so if you guys would go check that out, please do. It was our most recent episode, the last one. Go check it out. Listen in. Tap in. But God has not given you a spirit of fear. That's where he's saying, that's why you surrender to me. That's why you trust me. That's why you lean into me because I don't want you to be fearful. When you're fearful, you're anxious, you're worried. You're like, who's going to come in my life? What if I never find anybody again? What if I never have any friends? What if this? What if this? Ah, 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 ah. God's saying, chill. I got you. Like, I have never failed you. So I'm going to need you to take a chill pill. I'm going to need you to relax. I'm going to need you to calm down and watch me work. I want to say like in this Christian walk and in this walk of life, which if your walk of life should be a Christian walk <laughs> because I don't know honestly if you're not when look I've tried to do life on my own and I've tried to take matters into my own hands and it led me right back to God so if honestly honestly if you if you I don't even know not that it was even anything wild I just tried to do it, everything in my own strength and I try to figure things out for myself and not lean on God's strength and not rely on him and it led me right back to him because I was like this was a terrible idea see that's the thing when you don't have God and you don't have the Holy Spirit leading you you have terrible ideas 
you'll be thinking like, why did I do this? Or why was I thinking of this? Or why was I planning to do this? And you don't even know because just you by yourself have awful ideas. Like, but with God, that is where your wisdom comes and your discernment and you have peace and confidence and joy and happiness and contentment and all of these great things that I feel like the world says that you should want, but they don't tell you how to get it. They say that you should do spiritual affirmations. They say try chakras and whatnot. They say try this. They say try that. Try manifestation. You want to try manifestation? Let's try manifestation of the word of God. Let's start to meditate and study on the word of God and get that in our hearts and get that in our minds and start seeing God manifest in our lives. That's the only manifestation that is going to do anything. Okay, not all of the spiritual stuff that everyone's talking about. I'm talking about the word of God. If you want to see a successful life, if you want to see a happy life for yourself, sure, it involves manifestation, but manifestation of the word of God and seeing the Lord magnify in your own life. I feel like in this Christian walk, you're always going to be giving up something. Like you always should be in a constant state of just giving things up to God or being able to walk away from something until he says stay. Like, hey, I'm available, Lord, to walk away from this situation if it's not what you have for me. And I'm okay with that. And here's the thing. Like, I think that's what strengthens your relationship with God. And God's like, okay, cool. Okay. I see you. I see you. Okay. So you should always be in a state of walking away from something until he tells you to stay. And that's how I think I've eliminated my fear in relationships or fear in friendships and stuff and figuring out what is right for me, what isn't right for me and things like that. And the way that I did that was literally by saying, Lord, I'm okay with walking away. I am okay with saying this is a closer. I'm okay with you closing this door. Even if deep down I know my flesh is like, no, I don't want you to close this door. I'm speaking and telling myself and telling God, I am okay if you close this door. I will be fine because this thing isn't an idol to me. This thing isn't a God to me. You are God. You are my Lord. I'm submitted to you first. So even if that means I have to give up something that I don't want to, sure, will it hurt my feelings for a second, but I'll get over it because ultimately you can restore and you can bring things that are even better. And I just think that that is a part of denying what you want and learning to trust the plan that God has for you, which is a very hard and and advanced skill to learn and to obtain. But it is possible. It is 100% doable. I promise you, you've got this. So always be giving whatever is on your mind back to God. You know what? Honestly, though, the sad part is about like this life and everything and life stuff. The sad part is, is that most people never get to God's plan because they're so stuck in their own ways. They're unwilling to give up their plan for God's plan. And God wants to give you his best. Like God wants to give you so much more than what you could ever imagine. He He says that I have come so that they may have a rich and satisfying life. Jesus came so that you can have a rich and satisfying life. But a lot of people never reach that rich and satisfying life. And it's really sad because they could have so much more and they could have so much better, but they never get it because their own desires and their own fear keeps them from giving up the thing that God is calling them to give up so that he can give you more and he can bless you with more and he can give you something better. A lot of people never receive that because they're unwilling to practice this thing called trust and say, Lord, I hear you. I give this to you. Prize possession, the thing I'm most worried about, I give it over to you and watch what he does with it so that you can obtain that rich and satisfying life that he promised to you. So yeah, I would definitely say get used to giving things up. God is never going to leave you with nothing. It's never happened. He's never done it. It won't happen. He's never going to leave you with, with nothing. If he's calling you to give up something, that means he definitely has something better for you. He wants to either replace it or take it away so that he can give you something better. 
Or sometimes he's just teaching you something while you wait. He's preparing you, which is ultimately preparing you to give you more, preparing you to elevate you, preparing you to equip you for the next thing in your life, the thing that you want, the things that you're praying for in the future. That might mean you may have to have a season of waiting, a season where you're waiting for more friendships, a season where you're waiting for a relationship. But take that time to prepare for what you're praying for. We had a whole episode on waiting seasons. And you know, it's so funny, you guys. So when I filmed that episode, I was currently in a season of waiting and that's why I talked about it because I was like I was starting to conquer the season of waiting and learn how to navigate myself through it and and so when I was talking about it it was something I was going through at the time and it was really interesting because the other then I got out of that season of waiting and I was like oh okay like cool 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 but then recently because this episode was our first official episode so that was a long time ago recently I think I had like a week of a waiting season for something I don't even remember what it was it was something where I was a little stressed about waiting for something and what I did was I just turned on that episode and I was like okay wait I'm kind of going through this again let me see if I can help myself out of the situation so I listened to it being in a waiting season and it really did help me so if you feel like you're waiting for a relationship waiting for a job opportunity waiting to move waiting for more friends waiting for marriage waiting to find your person waiting whatever you feel like you're waiting for go and listen to it I promise you it will help you it will equip you and it helped me and equipped me even a week ago when I needed to minister to myself so go ahead and listen to it and because waiting seasons are inevitable it's like well I don't want to wait well I don't know what to tell you because you cannot you cannot control your waiting season. You can't say you don't want to wait because that's what I'm saying. If you say that you don't want to wait, then you're going to start being desperate for anything that comes along. You're going to be desperately holding on to things that you shouldn't be holding on to, which will only damage you, damage your relationships, damage your life, damage your emotions, damage your feelings. And that's okay because the word says he heals the brokenhearted and he, he binds up their wounds. You are promised to be healed, but I don't know about you, but I'm not trying to experience heartbreak that was not in the plan for me that was not in my curriculum if it was not in the book of my life of saying Schuler's gonna need to face this heartbreak you know for her to learn xyz this this that if that was not in the order of plan of god of god saying look i don't know why you're doing this because this was not what i was telling you to do then i don't want to do it like i am not gonna do that because i would rather wait and, and mature myself spiritually and mature myself in life and say hey i'm gonna wait for this thing and lean into god in this season versus go out and get desperate relationships that are only going to damage myself that are only going to hurt myself so then you're in a way worse spot than what you would have been if you would have just waited because no person leaves a waiting season damaged you actually leave a waiting season more advanced more whole more full more at peace with more confidence with more joy because God has used that season of waiting to mature you to grow you and to show you like hey this is what I want you to learn this I'm preparing you for this so no one ever leaves a waiting season heartbroken you leave a waiting season healed but while you're awaiting here's a verse that came to mind it was first chronicles 16 11 seek the lord and his strength seek his face continually in your waiting season seek his face continually and i'm telling you guys this based off experience i've had a lot of waiting seasons and the reason why i had a lot of waiting seasons is because it took me a really long time to learn how to trust god it took me a really long time to learn that god wants what's best for me it took me a long time to realize that i don't have to worry i don't have to stress i don't have to wrestle with god like he has me he wants to work alongside me he wants to give me what what his best is it took me 
a really long time to learn how to trust him. So I had waiting season after waiting season after waiting season. And I felt like God kept throwing me curveballs. And it was to make me learn that I'm not in control. And at first I was like, Lord, I'm not in control. This is horrible. I want to be in control of my own life. And then he showed me through another waiting season. No, you don't. You want to trust me because I've got it. I've got your best intentions. I've already written your whole story. So of course, I know what you're going to need in tomorrow. I know what kind of relationship you're going to need. I know what kind of husband you're going to need. I know what kind of friends you're going to need because I see your future. Not only do I see your future, I'm the one who wrote it. So I think I had a lot of waiting seasons because I wasn't grasping that concept easily. The whole concept of trust and all of that, I wasn't really gauging that. So I had to wait over and over and over and over and over again. But what I did finally was say, you know what? In a waiting season, instead of complaining, instead of saying, why is this happening and all of these things, I'm going to seek your face. I'm going to seek your face continually and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to chase you, Lord. And that's when my whole life changed. When I started saying, Lord, I'm going to use this opportunity to grow closer to you because I don't, I want nothing else. My only desire is to be close to you and that's when everything started to fall into place. And now God tells me his plans. God tells me what he wants to give to me. He wants to let you in on this process, but he cannot do that if you don't trust him. He can't tell you everything. He can't show you all of these things if if you're not willing to just say, hey, I I trust you and I'm going to lean into that trust. So I'm telling you, if you want your life to start making sense, because mine didn't for a long time. I was like, why is my life not making sense? If you want it to make sense, do what this verse is saying. Seek the Lord and his strength seek his face continually. And trust and faith, they go hand in hand. And Hebrews eleven six says, and without faith, it is impossible to please him. With me not trusting the Lord, I wasn't pleasing him. So I wasn't pleasing God. Like I was not pleasing him with my life at all because I didn't trust him. Let's read that again. And Hebrews eleven six says, and without faith, it is impossible to please him. So without trusting God, it is impossible to please him. Without saying, Lord, I trust you in this season. I trust you with this situation. I trust you with this relationship. It is impossible to please God. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder for those who seek him. God wants to reward you. The word says that Jesus came to give you a rich and satisfying life. He wants to give you these things. He wants to reward you. The word says right here, he is a rewarder of those who seek him. He wants to give you all of these things. And that's not just in heaven. That's not just an eternal life, but that he wants to give you these things here on earth in your life, in your lifetime, an abundant life, a rich and satisfying life. He wants to reward you. But it says without faith, it is impossible to do so. Without faith, it is impossible for him to give you these things because you haven't learned the fundamental skill of trusting him. Psalms 37.7 says, be still in the presence of the Lord and wait patiently for him to act. Oh my gosh, that one is a hard one. That is hard, 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 hard. That is the one I think I struggled with the most. So when I found that verse, I was like, yo, baby girl, that is a word for me. Like, forget (laughs) y'all. I'm talking about me right now. Like, be still, be still. Man, that's tough. Yikes. Like the two words starting that is hard. Be still. Because why? Because we're constantly in a state of wanting to act on our own strength, to act on our own opinion. Like, I don't know. I hear girls nowadays and they're just like, yeah, you know what, girl, it's okay. Like, you don't need a man to pursue you. Pursue him. 
no no whose idea was this be a woman and that's not me being sexist but you know you feel a thousand times better when the man is pursuing you and you're not pursuing them because you weren't ever created to be the pursuer so if you try to pursue a man you actually feel a piece of you go a piece of you leave because you were not created to be the pursuer so if he's not pursuing you that's a big sign to not pursue him at all so be still you're pursuing him because this is a message for the ladies i'm not talking to the men men will talk to you like in like two seconds but we're talking to the ladies right now but that says be still meaning don't act do not act like don't move freeze so this verse is be still in the presence of the lord so be still but be active in the presence of the lord so saying i'm going to continue to seek him so that's what that first verse will say seek the lord in his strength seek his face continually so it's saying be still but be still in the presence of God. Make sure you're staying in the presence of the Lord. Make sure you're chasing him. Make sure you're seeking his face and wait patiently, yikes, for him to act. Now that is hard. It might take you a minute to master that. If you're like me, it took me quite a few years to master that. <laughs> for some of you, this might be easier. You're like, okay, cool, I'll trust God, no biggie, no big deal. Okay, cool, if that's you, gold star for you. You have skills that I do not have because it literally took me years to learn that. And wait patiently for him to act because you want to wait. Oh my word, guys, let me tell you guys something. That's a part of having standards. That's a part of saying, I'm going to trust God. I'm going to have the standard for myself of that. I'm not gonna act on my own strength. I'm not gonna act on what I want. I'm not gonna act on the desires that I have right now. I'm going to wait on him. So it's standards for other people, yes, but a standard for yourself of saying, I'm not gonna act or do anything or move on to something that God did not tell me to move on or God did not tell me to act on. That is a part of having standards for yourself, boundaries for yourself of saying, hey, I hear you. I see you. I I, kind of like you. I kind of want you as a friend. I kind of want to have you in my life. But above all else, despite my desires, I'm going to submit to him first. And I'm only going to move when he said move. That's having a standard for yourself, a boundary for yourself. Psalms 40 verse 1 says, I would patiently for the Lord he turned to me and heard my cry he hears you he sees you you are heard you are seen by him and he's just saying if you could just hang on a minute if you could just wait a second baby I got you it's coming but you have to learn how to wait on me so having standards is a discipline and it is a hard discipline to learn because discipline is never the easy way out it is never easy to be disciplined but it's a skill that we all must master you know the reason why having standards is such a hard thing is because it's easy to accept bad behavior. And it's easy to accept bad behavior because bad behavior is always so easy to find. But waiting for the right relationship that God has for you is difficult because it takes time, it takes patience, and it takes discipline. Yeah, you have to discipline yourself to wait on him and discipline yourself to wait on the Lord. And that's why that verse says so clearly, be still in the presence of the Lord and wait patiently for him to act because that is a discipline. And that is how you receive the right relationships in your life because it's easy, thorough rock and you'll find bad behavior because you're unwilling to wait for the Lord you're desperate for relationships you're desperate and, and God built you to want relationships that's what you're made for that's okay but you have to discipline yourself to only accept and allow the right relationships that come from God convenience and instant gratification is the easy way out. It's so easy to fall into relationships that you should not be in. It's so easy to fall into situationships or friendships that you should not be in because you haven't disciplined yourself and disciplined your mind to be willing to wait for the thing that God has for you, willing to wait 
for his plan and what he has and his ideas and, and his best in your life. It is a discipline and it is a mindset of saying, no, I'm not gonna accept that. You always have to be willing to walk away and I'm just gonna share some personal experience with that, with just even past, I'm not even saying just relationships, but, but friendships as well, of saying, I am willing to walk away from you. I'm willing to say bye because I'm not desperate for you. I'm not, and, and I see traits that I would not want in my future spouse. I see traits I would not want even even a future boyfriend. I see traits that I wouldn't want in a long time friendship. I see traits that I'm like not a huge fan of and I know that that's not God glorifying. So I'm willing to walk away from you because I have standards and most importantly, more than me having standards, I have the discipline to keep them and I have the discipline to follow them even if it means I have to let go of you. And even if it means those are my desires to keep you in my life, I am willing to die to my desires in in order to keep the standards that God has for me, that I have set before myself, that I have talked with God about and that are in place. So it's all about dying to your desires and sticking to your standards. The thing is, is that God needs you to learn discipline. And that's why people are like, why am I going through another bad season? Why am I going through a season of waiting for a relationship? Why am I going through a season of doing this and doing that? He needs you to learn learn discipline because if you never learn discipline he can never give you his best he can never trust you with more he can never trust you with the next thing in your life because you haven't learned how to carefully and prayerfully wait for him and discipline your mind and say I'm not going to accept this I'm not going to accept that I'm not going to do this I'm going to have standards in this way because if he gives you his best right now without teaching you discipline you'll never be responsible enough to handle his best you'll never be responsible enough to handle what he has for you. He needs you to have self-control. You know, the word says a man who cannot control himself is like a city with walls that are broken down. No protection. That's what that verse is saying. You're a city with walls broken down. There's no protection. There's nothing around you. And, And what is a wall? Wall is a boundary, right? between the outside of the city and between the city. And if you have no self-control and no discipline and you're not allowing God to show you discipline and show you self-control, you're just open for fire. You're just open for attack. You're just open to fiery darts from the enemy. You're just open to bad relationships. You're open to bad experiences. You're open to bad friendships. You're open to heartbreak. You're open to depression. You're open to anxiety. You're open to suicidal thoughts. Because you lack self-control, you lack protection. And when you lack protection, you're open to anything. Hebrews 12, 11 says, for the moment, all discipline seems painful rather than pleasant. Pause. So for in the moment when you're getting disciplined or when you're learning discipline, it seems painful. It's like, man, God, you're really tapping that tail. Like you're tapping my tail right now. Like what is going on? This discipline sucks. Discipline is not fun. Discipline isn't fun. It isn't fun. It's awful. But it says for the moment, all discipline seems painful rather than pleasant. But later it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. You have to learn to let yourself be trained by the way of God, to be trained by by the way of discipline, to be trained by the way of self-control. And count it all joy when you do face discipline because that means God is about to bless you. That means God is about to give you something more. That means God is about to elevate you. That means God is about to start bringing into your life the things that you've been praying for, the relationships, the jobs, the friendships, the marriage, all of these different things. You have to let yourself be trained by discipline because if you never do, he can never give you the next thing and you'll stay stuck where you're at because you never allowed yourself to be trained by discipline. I think, you know, having having standards is probably the biggest act of discipline. To be able to say, hey, I have requirements, not only just really for you, 
but for myself. That will definitely help you discern the relationships that should or shouldn't be in your life because it's saying, hey, I hold myself to this standard. These are my requirements for myself. This is how I discipline my mind. This is how I renew my soul. I'm getting into the word of God every day. I'm in my church services. I'm, I'm studying the word outside of church. I'm putting myself around like-minded people. I am willing to walk away from this. I have standards for myself. I don't drink. I don't smoke. I want a man who pursues God. I want a guy who's leading. I want all of these different things and I want to submit myself to the word of God and all of these things. And, and it's saying, hey, this is what I do. And it's not to put anyone down. It's not to say, hey, like you're not as good as me. No, it's saying you have the opportunity to have standards. It's just, do you want them? Do you already walk in standards that you have set for yourself through the word of God? Do you already walk in that manner? Do you already walk in that light? Like that doesn't mean if you don't, then buy. What I'm specifically looking at, like a potential relationship. Hey, how do you train your mind? Because I'm training my mind. I'm training my relationship with God. I want to have a strong relationship with God. I want to chase him. I want to have a family that's submitted to the word of God. I want to have a man who leads this family, right? And specifically for looking for a potential relationship and things like that, those are things you should be looking at. Those are things you should be thinking about saying, my standards for myself should not be higher than your standards that you have for yourself. And that's one thing I had to learn because I feel like all girls kind of go through like a fix it phase. Like, okay, that's okay. Like I do this and I do that. And that's okay. If you don't do this, you can learn. Like I can teach you. I can help you. I can fix you. Like all these different things. You cannot fix him. Guys, I think you can lead a woman, but girls, you cannot lead a man. And that's not supposed to be sexist. Well, I'm a feminist. Like we're not even talking about that today. I'm saying you cannot lead him. You should not be leading a man, not because you're a woman and you can't, but but because I don't want to. I do, I'm i leading myself. I don't want to have to tell my man to do this, to do that. Babe, get in your word. Babe, let's pray. Babe, pray over the kids. Babe, lead this way. Babe, submit to the word of God. Because if he does not want to submit to the word of God himself, he doesn't want to chase God himself. He doesn't want to have his own relationship with God. You don't want to have your own relationship with me because I'm doing those things. So I should not instruct you to be doing those things. We Iron should be sharpening iron. We should be encouraging each other. But I cannot spark you to have a relationship with God. I cannot spark you to want to quit drinking. I cannot spark you to want to stop smoking weed. I cannot fix you, nor do I want to fix you because I want a man who is going to let himself be fixed by the Holy Spirit, who's going to let himself have standards for himself. Because if he has standards for himself, he's going to have standards for in our marriage. He's going to have standards for our kids and our kids' kids and the way our family is ran. Those standards are important. I should not be assigning standards to a relationship or to a man. I want him to have those already because he is submitted to the word of God. If you're submitted to the word of God, you're bound to have standards. That's just how it is. The more you're submitted, the more God filters your life, filters what you accept for yourself because he's holding you to a standard. The closer you get to God, the more he has standards for you of saying, all right, you've advanced to the next level. You've graduated from this. I'm promoting you here. I'm giving you more responsibility. I'm exalting you and doing this. I'm giving you a platform, which means that's more responsibility. So the more you graduate, the more you get these standards. So if I'm going up and I'm getting standards, babe, I want you right there. You going up, you getting standards. That's how it works. So yeah, having standards is definitely the biggest act of discipline. Saying I'm willing to walk away from what I want 
for my standards, for my requirements, and for, for what God wants for me. Um, and for me to want what's best for myself as well. The key is to also protect those standards. And sometimes it's a fight to protect those standards because people want to come in. People want to break those boundaries. People want to break those doors. People want this. People want this from you. And in relationships, there's a lot of relationships I had to walk away from, thank God, because at first I thought that we were on the same page or I thought the person was a certain way or I thought that we had the same standards, but really they were faking their standards for me because they knew I had standards. And then they would try to later on get me to break my own standards and my own convictions and what I wanted to do and how I wanted to live my life. And so this was a long time ago. I was a little, yeah, that discernment had to be a little sharper than that. But anyways, we graduated. See, this is what I'm talking about. When you pass those tests, you graduate. I can now look back in hindsight and see you were not it. <laughs> like not to be rude, but you just, you were it. And I'm not talking about from a physical standpoint. I'm just, I'm talking about from a mental standpoint. You weren't it. Anyways, back to, back to what we were saying. <laughs> the key is to protect those standards. So you have to protect them. You have to stand firm and say, hey, this is what I require. This is what I expect. Nothing more, nothing less, or maybe more. I don't know, but nothing less for sure. I'm not doing this. I'm not doing that. I'm not going to do that. And if you're asking me to do these things, if you're asking me to do the things that I already said, this is my conviction. I'm not going to do them. Bye. Goodbye. Because that already shows you a pattern of they do not respect your standards. And most importantly, they don't have any standards for themselves. And this is specifically talking about relationships. Your guy should want to honor the standards that you have. Your guy should want to be protecting those standards right there with you. Because standards aren't just in before you get married. Standards are when you're married as well of saying, we're not going to do this. We're not going to raise our voices at each other. We're, we're not going to do this. We're going to communicate when we don't want to. We're not going to go to bed angry. We're going to get up and have our devotions together. We're going to get up. We're going to have date night every Friday night. We're going to do this. We have these standards in our marriage and these standards for each other, and we're not going to break them. And, and we're, we've made these commitments. So if your guy is not protecting those standards within dating or even just talking, then you can bet he is not going to protect those standards in marriage or later down in life. So protect those standards at all costs. Know your worth and be willing to walk away and say, hey, I know what I'm worth. I know my price tag. You're giving me a lowball offer. <laughs> so I reject this offer and I'm going to keep pushing with my life because I know what my price tag is and I'm going to keep it there. I'm not dropping. I'm not going on sale for you. <laughs> Not be relating everything to shopping. Like clearly I have an addiction. It's a good addiction to have, okay? We love clothes. Discipline will always be there, but you have to allow yourself to be trained by it. That's what that verse was saying. You have to be submitted to the word of God and say, okay, yeah, I'm going through a season where this kind of sucks right now, but I'm okay with it because I'm about to be disciplined. I'm about to elevate. I'm about to graduate to the next level. I'm about to graduate to the next class. And I do want to say you're going to be disciplined whether you like it or not. It's not like, oh, you can either be disciplined and then allow yourself to be trained by it or you won't be disciplined at all, you know? Like, you can just go through, live a carefree life. You will be disciplined either way. You will go through trials either way. But you have a choice to either allow that trial to discipline you and train you so that you can graduate to the next thing and move to the next level and get what God has for you or you'll be disciplined and you won't allow yourself to be trained by it. You won't submit yourself to it. You don't learn what you're supposed to learn. Now, all of a sudden, you're in the cycle of repeating over over and over and over again the same phase because you never allowed yourself to be trained by discipline. You will be disciplined. It will happen because you're always growing to the next thing, but 
you have the choice to allow yourself to be trained by it. And when you're trained by it, that's where you grow to the next thing. Don't let God's discipline be for nothing. Like, I don't want more discipline than what I need. It's like getting a whooping for no reason. Like, if you get a whooping, it's mostly to what? To, like, learn the lesson, right? So it's like, man, I got a whooping, but I had to learn this lesson. And then if you keep doing the same thing over and over again and you never learn the lesson, what do you do? You get more whoopings. Versus if you get your whooping and you learn your lesson and then you call it a day and you just move on and say, hey, I'm not going to do that again because I don't want another whooping. Then it's like, okay, cool. I won't get a whooping for that. That doesn't mean I don't get any more whoopings. That might mean I get another whooping down the road for something else that I do because I'm constantly learning things, but I don't want to keep getting a whooping for the same thing I've already learned, for the same thing I've already gotten a whooping for. I hope that's making sense, guys. I hope that is clear. Don't get extra whoopings you don't need. <laughs> All right, let's stay focused, okay? We're moving through. So yeah, I mean, like your discipline is, it's inevitable, but your outcome is a choice. Discipline is absolutely inevitable, but your outcome is a choice. So allow yourself to be trained by discipline so that God can give you more, so that he can elevate you and give you the next thing and give you the things that you've been praying for, a relationship, a marriage, whatever that is, more friends, whatever you're praying for, you cannot get the next thing if you don't allow yourself to be trained by discipline. And discipline seems painful because it is, but if you feel like you're facing a lot of discipline and you're getting whooping after whooping, like we we're talking about, if you feel like you're facing a lot of discipline in your life over and over and over again that might mean that God is telling you to take a take an oasis away with him take some time away with him and say hey I'm going to take a break from pursuing other things like pursuing other relationships and friendships and things and I'm gonna just gonna seek God in this season I'm just gonna seek his voice because I need to learn how to hear him I need to sharpen my discernment I need to get more wisdom and how to handle these situations how to handle relationships and and that might mean you need to take an oasis and some time away with him and if you feel like you're going through a season of bad relationships after bad relationship that is a sign from God to isolate to spend some time alone and to get okay with being alone with God to get okay with just hearing his voice and have a season where you're like hey yeah that's okay I might be kind of alone right now and I might feel a little lonely sure you're gonna feel lonely but those seasons are so necessary for God to give you more because you'll learn that you are dependent on him and not dependent on on relationships or friendships to fill you or a boyfriend or a marriage or or other friends to fill you but that you are only only full and only whole by the word of God and whole by the Holy Spirit and whole by having a relationship with Jesus Christ. You have to learn how to hear his voice clearly so that you can learn how to have healthy relationships. If you don't hear his voice, then in arguments down the road with your spouse, you're going to say things. You're going to be angry and not have any self-control. You're going to say all kind of things and do things that you shouldn't because you never learned how to hear God's voice. You never learned to listen to that still small voice of saying, hey, don't say this. Hey, don't do this. Hey, have patience. Hey, have peace. Hey, show love to this person. If you don't learn how to hear God's voice now, you're never going to learn hear God's voice later when he gives you more when he adds more to your plate so he has to get you alone to say hey let me train you and show you how to hear my voice so that in the future you can hear me clearly and you can you can follow me if you never put God first and, and, and learn how to hear his voice you'll never even find the right relationships like you just never will because the only way to find the right relationships is through prayer and submitting to God and asking God hey is this right hey is this it hey is this for me and if you don't learn how to ask him and listen then you'll never find the right relationship so that is such an important tool to learn in your season of isolation or in your season of taking oasis with God and because honestly the right relationships will find you once you find him all good things will come to you everything that God wants to give you will come to you 
once you find him. But if you never find him, those good things will never find you. Those relationships and those people and those friendships will never find you because you never found him. So specifically talking to women in this moment, chasing men has to be done. You have to cut chasing men. Men should not be chased. Women, you are not the pursuer. You are the pursuee. The man chases you. If he wanted, and I don't want to say if if he wanted to, he would, but if he wanted to pursue you, he would. And he would make it very clear to you. He'll make it very obvious to you. So as a woman, there isn't really anything you have to do. And it's like, well, why can't I take matters in my own hands? Because that's not how it works. There are things that work certain ways and things that don't work certain ways. And it's not your job to pursue a man. For me, my job is to focus on myself and my relationship with God and keep seeking him. And the right relationship will come along. The relationship. I don't plan on dating people. I don't plan on just trying out things. I don't plan, like the next person I date will be the last um, because I want to make sure I'm sure. And there's no reason why am I going to date someone if I'm not dating for marriage. So as women, we're only called to pursue one person and that's Christ. We are called to pursue Jesus Christ. We're not called to pursue men. The Bible says he who finds a wife finds a good thing. He didn't say she who finds a husband finds a good thing. No, he who finds a wife, he will find you. He will come to you. So you, there isn't anything you have to strive for. If you're pursuing him, that's a sure sign that that's not your person. He will pursue you. God will tell him to pursue you. Um, even if he doesn't know why <laughs> in the beginning, he will. So it's just time as women, we start having discipline and discipline to wait for the right man, to wait for the right friendships, to wait for the right relationship uh, instead of rushing it and taking matters in our own hands and saying, you know, what? I'm just going to pursue him. I'm going to text him. I'm going to get his number. I'm, I've heard some crazy stuff. Like I'm going to propose to him. What insanity has taken hold of this society? This is not how it works. He is the pursuer. I mean, and the thing is, it's not even like a sexist thing, but there's so many women who are like, I want to be led by my man. I want to be not like bossed around or anything like that. Not close, but led with confidence and comfort and protection protection that the man provides you know so I just think that's how it works moment we gotta quit the pursuing that's done that is a done deal that's gotta stop we gotta start having discipline and discipline to wait discipline to wait for our husbands discipline to wait for the right situation discipline to wait for the right relationship I know you know I've heard this actually you know so funny I have heard this on TikTok but my cousin is the one who told me about it he was telling me about the sassy man apocalypse how that's trending all over TikTok and I know we are in a sassy man apocalypse and that doesn't even mean everyone's gay that just means that like men who are saying that they're men they're having feminine tendencies in the sense of like not wanting to pursue, not wanting to lead, not wanting to take a hold, not wanting to chase the woman or wanting the woman to chase him. Like I've even had conversations with guys before, like the woman should be chasing me. Like I'm the prize. What is going on? That is a part of the sassy man apocalypse. Like it really is. We're in an apocalypse of sassy men. That is happening. Where are the men? <laughs> So I know we have the sassy man apocalypse going on right now, right? So it's making women act like men and it's making men act like women. So society is completely off balanced, fully off balance because no one is playing the right roles. No one is playing the role that they're actually supposed to be playing. And there's excitement in playing your role. There's excitement in me as a woman being a woman. There's excitement in being pursued and not having to pursue. There's excitement for a man being the pursuer and not the pursuee. There's excitement in the man of being the leader, of being dominant, of, of being the protector and being able to lead with gentleness and love and patience and kindness, but also strength and, 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 uh, and solidness you know, so there is joy and excitement in 
playing your role, but nobody's playing the role these days. That's why society is all unhappy. That's why society is in an identity crisis. That's why society doesn't know of men like men and women like women because everyone's confused about their identity because no one is playing their rightful role. No one is playing the role that God has for them. No one is living according to the way God said to, which is where joy comes from and excitement and fun and, and things like that. People want to say the way of the Lord is not fun. The way of the Lord is not exciting. It's like, no, if you feel like it's not fun and not exciting, you are not doing it right. Let's just get back to being balanced as a society. Get back to being balanced as a world and as a culture. And the way women, if we want the sassy man apocalypse to end, the way we get it to end is if we start acting like women again. If we start having standards of a woman. If we, we want to get rid of hookup culture, women, stop being available to, for hookups. Stop being available to sleep around with everybody. And women, if we want to get rid of this culture where everyone's like half naked and addicted to pornography, women, stop posting the photos that we're posting. The thing is, is we want to point the finger and point the finger at the man, but we're not taking accountability for us as women. We are not taking accountability for our own actions. If we want to get rid of hookup culture, if we want to get rid of that culture, we as women have to stop making ourselves available to men in that way, in a sexual way. We have to stop making ourselves available to men in a sexual way online. Let's set our own standards. Let's set our own boundaries. If we want the culture to shift, we want everyone to start playing their rightful roles. What we do is have discipline and have standards first. So if we want men to start acting like men, stop pursuing the men. That's just the way that it is. Stop pursuing the men because then they will quickly learn, hey, what's going on? Women aren't coming after me anymore. Women aren't pursuing me anymore. Women aren't chasing me anymore. No, women aren't. We're not chasing you. So what is that going to do? That's going to make them start being like, well, hey, maybe I need to chase them. Maybe I need to start acting like man again. The way we start adjusting culture the way that it should be is by living by our own standards and having standards for ourselves first. You shouldn't have standards for other people before you have standards for yourself. You shouldn't have requirements for other people before you have requirements for yourself. You shouldn't have boundaries for other people before you have boundaries for yourself. It starts with you. It starts with the standard that you hold yourself to first. Psalms 33 verse 20 says, we wait in hope for the Lord. He is our help and he is our shield. I love how this verse says he is our shield because what does the shield do? Your shield is your defense. Your shield is your protector. Your shield is how you block attacks, right? Your shield is your protection, your protection of defense. So I love how it says that because God is our greatest protector. No one can protect you like God. No one can have you like God, right? He is your ultimate barrier of defense. He is your ultimate shield. And that's actually why some doors have closed in your life. That's why that relationship ended. That's why that friendship ended. That's why that friend betrayed you. That's why that that guy betrayed you. That's why that girl betrayed you. That's why that relationship ended because God's hand was in it and he's saying, not this. This is not the person I have for you. This is not what I want for you. I am your protector. I am your shield. Let me be that. So in this verse, it says, we wait and hope for the Lord. He is our help. He is our help that we go to and he is our shield. We go to him for help and he is our protector. So thank you, Lord, for the closed doors and thank you Lord for the ended relationships and the ended situations and the ended friendships because he had you. He has had me all throughout all of our lives so he can see things that we cannot see. If he created each person and he created you and he created me in a relationship, he's going to know if 
it's good or not a because he he already has someone already predestined for you he knows who you're gonna end up with right because he wrote your story but also in a relationship if he fully knows your brain better than you know yourself and if he knows the other person better than the other person knows himself then he's gonna know his thoughts he's gonna know his intentions he's gonna know her her thinking he's gonna know the thoughts that she's thinking he's gonna know the conversation she's having behind your back God knows because just as much as he knows you, he knows the other person. So he's like, nope, let me tell you, I am protecting you. I am being your shield. You do not want this situation. I am closing this door for your protection. So thank God that he is our shield and that he is our protector. And that might mean some closed doors, but we say thank you even for the closed ones because he is our protector. He is our shield. So God knows what is for you and what isn't for you. Because he created you and he created the other person as well. But here's the thing. You have to learn how to let God protect you. You have to let God set your boundaries and set your standards. And the way that you do that is learning more about God by submitting yourself to the word and by learning about him through the word. And he will create your own boundaries and he'll create your own standards. And the only way to do that is through the word of God, because if you read through the Bible, it's instruction. It's your way of life. It's your book. It is the key to living a happy life. It is your key to living a satisfying life, a rich and satisfying life. It is correction. It is discipline. And the Bible teaches discipline from the first book to the last book, you know, it's all about discipline and setting boundaries for yourself and setting discipline for yourself so that you can receive all that God has for you. So in the verse when it says he is our help and he is our shield, if he is our help and he is our shield, why would I test him on the information that he knows but that I don't? So if he says wait, then I'm going to wait. If he says not this relationship, then it's not that relationship because he has data that I do not have. He has information that I do not have. He knows things about the other person that I do not know. He knows their thoughts. He knows their thinking. He knows my thoughts. He knows my thinking. He knows my personality. He knows his personality. He knows her personality. He knows He knows everything. He has data that I do not have. So if he is our help and he is our shield and he knows all things because he created all things, then why would I question him when he says to wait? Why would I question him when he says no? Why why would I question him when he says go or because he has data he has data that I don't have so I lean into trusting him because he knows things that I don't know he can see things that I cannot see so in reference to into standards and you're like I don't know Schuler, what standards I should have like if you're a guy listening to this and you're like what standards for a girl should I have and if you're a girl and you're like what standards for a guy should I have I don't want to go through and like list everything because there's a lot like everything is dependent on your own relationship with God and if I gave you the list of all my standards and the list that I, I think is good then we would be sitting here all day but what I can tell you is your standards start to alter the more you get into the word of God because you start requiring things of yourself and then you realize the importance of those things and now you start requiring them for other people that you have in your life as well. So the biggest thing I can say is get a Bible. If you don't read the word, get a physical Bible and start going through it book by book. And I start little, start by reading one chapter a day. Get your highlighters, get your pens, get a notebook, highlight the things that stick out to you and start writing the verses down in your journal and write your thoughts on the journal. That is how I started with my own personal walk with God. And I started altering my thinking and I started getting standards and getting boundaries. And then eventually as you grow, when you read more and you learn more about him, you learn more about God and he reveals himself to you more. So then all of a sudden now you have more standards and you have more boundaries. And so your standards and your boundaries will be refined by the word of God. 
God. You know, the word says, do not conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So you're being transformed by the renewing of your mind, which means the more you read, the more you renew, the more you read, the more you grow, the more you read, the more boundaries you have, the more you read, the more standards you have is through the word of God. And if you don't know what standards you should have, ask God, God, what should I be looking for? God, show me. And and God will give you answers through his word. That's why this is the so important for you to consume content that is pointing you in the direction of God and then also to get into the word of God for yourself. Don't just only listen to this podcast and say, oh, this was my Jesus time. This isn't time with Jesus. This is me telling you what Jesus has told me. I'm telling you what Jesus has told me, which is great, but you also need to be going to read and having God directly speak to you through the word as well in addition to this. For standards, it shouldn't be just like, okay, he's got to be like 250. He's got to be like 6'6". He's got to be like this. He's got to like, like, and those are not my standards, by the way. Those are just random things that I said. It should not be like, oh, she has to have brown eyes. She has to have um dark brown hair and she has to be this complex. She has to be this. Those aren't standards. So let's not confuse standards with preferences. Those are preferences and those are not standards um, at all. And then I would say in terms of like their personality and the things that they do, I'd say spend less time praying about the things that you hope the other person is and spend more time praying that the person becomes who God created them to be because you're not where you're supposed to be. You're always going to be evolving. You're always going to be growing and and you're not fully the person that God has called you to be yet. So it would be unfair for me to pray. I hope my man does this. I hope my man is that. I hope my man is this. I hope he's a jet. I hope this, but instead pray God, grow him to be this person, grow him to be a man of God, grow him to be a man who leads, grow him to be a man who is submitted fully to you, grow him to be this, grow him to do all of these things. And I pray that he becomes the person that you've created him to be. I pray that he'll seek your face. I pray that you reveal yourself to him. I pray that he has an intimate and close relationship with you. I pray that he's fully surrendered to you. Lord, reveal your purpose to him. All of these different things because you're constantly on a journey. Like even if you haven't met this person, you are on a journey that God has you on where you're growing and you're evolving and he's doing the same with him and he's doing the same thing with her if you're a guy listening to this. So spend less time about praying that, oh, I just hope my my husband is this, is that, that, that. I hope my wife she does this is that 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 and pray that God grows them and pray that they mature in Christ and pray that they become the person that God created them to be it's a process for you and it's a process for me and we'll always continue to be growing we'll always continue to evolve and even when you get married you'll continue to grow and evolve with that person together so that's my biggest one of I spent a good amount of time like praying for my future spouse and things and my future children but um one prayer is I just pray that he's surrendered to God because if you're surrendered to God, then you're going to die to your flesh. You're going to crucify your flesh and you're going to allow God to mold you in every way. So that is one of the prayers I pray. There's a bunch of different prayers um, that I pray. It just depends, but you should be praying for your future spouse. Absolutely. If you're a guy or if you're a girl, but I just want to pound it in and make it clear that your standards are not for other people. Your standards are not for guys or girls or for people that you allow in your life. Your standards are for you. Your standards are for yourself. The standards that you set are a reflection of the people that you want to attract in your life. The standards that you set are a reflection of your mindset. The standards that you set are a reflection of, hey, 
these are the type of people I want in my life. This is the type of relationship I want. This is the spouse that I want. These are the friendships that I want. Your standards are a reflection of your own mindset, of your own desires, your own level of thinking. Your standards are a reflection of you because your standards are not only what you desire, but your standards are what you tolerate, what you allow. Stop expecting the other person to be at a higher level than what you even require for yourself. A lot of times I see people pointing the finger and saying men are doing this and women are doing that and women are this and women are this and and, and men are that and men aren't doing this, but you're not even requiring those same standards that you're requiring from other people for yourself. Why would I put into place standards for you and boundaries for you if I'm not even doing those things myself? I'm asking you to be a better person than me. I'm asking you to be more surrendered than me. I'm asking you to be closer to God than me. I want to do the things that I'm requiring somebody else to do because why would I have these expectations for you if I don't even expect those things for myself? That is an imbalance of a relationship and that's not fair to the person who is surrendered, who does have standards. It isn't fair. I think I saw a video and it was just like women were talking about like, yeah, like I want a man who opens the door and I want him to be a gentleman and I want him to do this and I want him to do that and I want him to like be a godly man and I want him to pray with me and I want him to do all of these things and and I want him to not be sleeping around or looking at other women. But here's the thing, the women that were saying that were women who were sleeping around, who were hooking up with all these guys, who were going out every night, who were getting drunk, coming home sloppy every night. And that's no condemnation at all. But what that is, is saying, why are you asking this for a man? Why are you asking this and requiring these things for a potential spouse? And you're not even requiring those same things of yourself. Like, how can you ask for a 10 when your actions are aligning with about a two? That does not make any sense. So if you want a high level quality man, if you want a high level quality woman, make sure you are a high level quality man or woman first. Make sure you're following the standards that you set for them first before you even go out looking for somebody else, before you even go out and looking for someone with higher standards. It starts with you. And honestly, like I had a season where I was like, man, like I'm not receiving good relationships in my life. And I was very confused because I was like, Lord, like what is going on? Like why are these not ending up being like good situations and things like that? Where did that come from? What the heck? What is happening? And it wasn't because of anything that I was doing, but it was because of the things that I was allowing. It was the things that I was tolerating. And I had to learn that I was responsible for what I tolerated. I was responsible for what I allowed. I was responsible for the people I was allowing in my life. And I was responsible for holding on to certain people that I shouldn't have been holding on to. It was me and that was on me. And if they're not living up to the standard that I have for them, that's a me problem. That's not them. They are who they are. And I'm not going to try to change them. But what I can do is change who I allow in. I can change what I tolerate. I always felt that I had high standards, or at least like I always thought I did, but I've always had high standards. I would definitely say so. I was like, okay, if I'm always having high standards, why did the situation happen? Or like, what even happened here? Like, why did the situation occur? What is going on? And I was really, really confused because I'm like, I have high standards. <laughs> like, what is happening to me? But I, I started to really analyze into some self-reflection. I was like, okay, well, what's going on? And I, I was noticing that I was dipping my standards for certain people. I was making exceptions for certain people. So I always had high standards. But when bad situations or relationships would come along, I was questioning, okay, well, what is going on? Like, 
is my mindset off? Is my thinking off? And my mindset was right, but what it was is I was compromising my own standards and tolerating certain behavior because I was afraid to lose people. I was afraid to be alone. I was afraid to walk away. I was afraid to say no. I was afraid to have a season where it was just me and God. I was, it was fear. I was afraid. So yes, I had standards, but I didn't have the discipline to uphold those high standards in my own life. I didn't have the discipline to uphold those high standards for other people because I was living in fear. So I made exceptions for people and situations out of fear and that's not trusting God. And we saw earlier in the verse that without faith, it is impossible to please God. I wasn't pleasing God. I wasn't pleasing him because I didn't trust him. I wasn't pleasing him because I didn't have faith. I didn't have faith that that he had me. I never allowed myself to be trained by discipline. I had those standards, but I didn't have the discipline to keep them in place because I was scared. I was scared to be heard. I was scared to lose people. I was scared to walk away. Um, And that's not a way to live because I was keeping myself from being able to have an abundant life. And that's the life that God promised me. He got the life that God offers me. And that's a life that I can walk in. But I wasn't walking in that abundant life because I was scared. Limitation. 325 says the Lord is good to those who wait for him. Ooh, that's good to the soul who seeks him. The Lord is good to those who wait for him. I had to learn to wait on him so I can receive good things, so I could receive the good things that he wanted for me and for my life. Let's go over some quick standards. I mean, just in case if you want some examples, these aren't all of them, but like I said, most of my standards came from the way I was raised in terms of just being a woman and, and things like that. But all of the standards that she passed down to me were from the word of God. And then I started to get my own standards and my own thinking and things like that when I started diving into the word of God. A lot of my standards came from when I drew closer to God because I could see the kind of man that I wanted. So I could see the kind of friendships that I wanted in my life. So are your, are your friends, here are some examples. Are your friends talking bad about other people? If they are talking bad about other people to you, then you can best believe that they are talking bad about you to other people. Um, if they're just bad-mouthing people left and right, they're gonna be talking about you to other people. So that's that's one for friendships, relationships. One thing I look at, oh, this is a good one, okay. I'm gonna give you guys a few that, that that isn't directly in the word of God so that you guys can go find the ones that are in the word of God and then these are just kind of a little bit of my own two cents. But this might sound crazy, but if you are seriously thinking about dating someone or you're thinking about marrying, so it, yeah, especially if you're thinking about marrying someone, but you should know all this by now. But if you're thinking of dating someone, look at who the person follows on Instagram. Whoop. I said it. I said it. This is like outing all of my secrets. <laughs> These are things I've done before and things. And, and that's not a weird thing to do because it's so important to look at who the person is following on Instagram because you're looking at the content they consume. Like, I mean, there's been situations I feel like where I've been talking to someone and then I'm like, okay, great. They're a Christian. They're saved. Like whatever, blah, 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 blah. But like, obviously like that was then. Now I'm like, it don't even matter if you're a Christian or you're saved. There's a lot more standards I have than just that. Like there is are you submitted to God? Are you surrendered to God? Are you chasing him? Are you getting in the word daily? Like there's so much more. So back then, this, this was my mindset. They were a Christian, so we might be good. But I would go on their Instagram and they're following like porn account, porn account, this, this, raunchy girls, raunchy girls, that, that. And they're like liking and engaging with all of these posts. And I'm like, hold the phone. Like you cannot be talking to me and then liking and commenting and, and engaging and following this account and follow, like, following that. And then you think you're gonna date me 
oh no, like baby, you have me all wrong. So that will tell you a lot and low key, it might hurt your feelings because you might really like the person and you might really think that this is the right person and then all of a sudden you go on and then you look at who they're following and then it might just break your little heart. But sometimes you've got to allow your heart to be broken. You got to grieve it, grieve the idea of the person because a lot of times we're not even like liking the person, we're liking the idea of them, right? So that's where we have these like false realities and when that false reality is shattered, our hearts are like broken because we're like, wait, I thought you were the one. Do that. That is so important because that will tell you, is he actually submitted to God? Is he actually surrendered to God? Is he following God? Is he protecting what he looks at? Is he protecting what he thinks about? Or is he just out of control in terms of a standpoint of purity? Who is he following? Like all this stuff. That's important things. And I mean, and it's not like, okay, well, are you making sure that you're following? Yeah. Like, if I'm gonna, this is my point, if I'm gonna be looking at who he's following, I'm gonna make sure I have standards of who I'm following. Because also that is out of respect of whoever my future husband is. I wanna protect what I think about. I wanna remain pure, not only when I'm married or when I'm dating the person, because I'm not dating anybody right now, but when I'm dating the person, oh yeah, I'm gonna be pure. I wanna make sure I'm living a pure life fully out of respect for whoever my future husband is, you know? So that's another one that's not in the word of God, but that is in <laughs> my own, like, my own two cents. Like, I don't know. I saw a video of the other day and said, some people are not anointed to be your friend. God has said, nope, I have different plans for her. I have different plans for him. I don't want this person in her life. I don't want this person in his life. Some people are not anointed to be your friend. Some people aren't anointed to date you. Some people aren't anointed to marry you. That's just, that's just how it works. My life didn't elevate until I realized that not everyone is meant to be in my life. Friends, relationships people, guys, girls, like everything. Like some people are not, are just not meant to be in my life. They're just, they're just not meant to know me in that way. And I'm not meant to know them that way. And that's okay. We have to start being okay with the answer being no. We live in a culture where it's like, the answer should be yes. This should be okay. Say yes to this, yes to this. It's okay that there's a no. It is okay that some doors are shut because not everyone is anointed and called to be your friend, to know you in that way, to know you on a personal level. Second Thessalonians 3, 3 says, but the Lord is faithful. He will establish you and guard you against the evil one. You have to get to a point where you start seeing God's no as protection. Even though it hurts and even though it may hurt, you have to get to a point where if God takes someone away, you know it's for a reason. You know that there's a reason behind it. God isn't being mean to you, but you know that he is protecting you. He is your shield. And if you're confused about who should be in your life and who shouldn't be in your life, and that's becoming a little hard, I would say pray for discernment. Pray, Lord, give me discernment. Give me a supernatural wisdom to be able to see and see people the way that you see them and understand things the way that you want me to understand them. Pray for discernment to be able to see red flags, see green flags, and also just proceed cautiously with everything. Don't rush into anything. The person that God has for you and even friendships or relationships, you don't have to rush to go get it. What if somebody else snags them? Then that means, you know, that wasn't for you. What if somebody else gets them? What if somebody else gets her? What if someone else becomes her friend first? Then that means that relationship wasn't for you because what will what is for you will be there and I'm not saying then you shouldn't act on anything guys like you shouldn't go pursue no he who finds a wife finds a good thing pursue her 
Because with that, another guy could snatch her up. You never know. But for girls, learn to wait and listen to the Lord's leading. In terms of having standards and reading the word of God to get standards, don't read the word to point the finger at everybody else. Don't read the word to say, mm, that's a word for him. That's a word for her. That's for him. He needs to have standards this way. No, the word of God is supposed to change the way you think, the way that you hold yourself, the standards that you have for your own body, your own mind. The biggest thing is you can't have higher expectations than the expectations that you have for yourself. Once you let the word of God transform you, you'll start to see your life change in so many different ways and you'll have standards, you'll have boundaries and you'll start living in confidence because you have held yourself to these standards that you have not only for yourself but for other people. You guys, that is it. We'll probably come back and talk about standards because there's a lot more to it. That We'll do a, maybe I'll do a standards part one and part two but this was part one for now. You guys, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. I hope this helped you guys get some insight on how to have standards, how to have boundaries, how to protect yourself, how to lean into God's protection, how to let yourself be disciplined, how to wait on the Lord. We covered a lot. There's a lot of videos I referenced. Go ahead and check it out. I have a video of waiting, the planning season, being sober minded. Go check out those videos. Those are all on whatever platform you're watching this on or listening to this. You can also watch on YouTube. You can also watch on Spotify as you listen, or you can just listen on any other platform as well. But you guys, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode just as much as I did. Follow us on social media. I will talk to you guys next time on The Kill culture podcast have some standards stay safe have standards for yourself get into the word of god if you have any questions as always please dm me on instagram at the kill culture podcast i hope you guys have a great day or night whenever you guys are tuning in and i will see you guys later bye